Hello and welcome to the Myra Patricia podcast. My name is Myra, your host, and each week I will be having a conversation with an inspiring person on how to live a more meaningful, happy life. This week I am speaking with the glowing Myra Lewin. If you haven't heard of Myra, just Google a picture of her and she literally is radiating joy and happiness. And that's one of the main reasons I wanted to have Myra on the show. She really walks her talk. Um, Myra worked in a corporate job up until she was in her 30s and then she got arthritis that was meant to be un- incurable, she was told by her doctors, but she refused to believe this and this helped her dive into her path of Ayurveda and yoga and flash forward decades and she is in Hawaii at her own yoga and Ayurveda center where she helps educate others um, to cure themselves and feel better and happier and just get back to the basics. So Myra was obviously able to share lots of great words of wisdom in this podcast episode and I really hope you enjoy listening to it. Myra, I really wanted to have you on the show because I've been doing a lot of like um reading a lot of your work online and you're so wise in terms of Ayurveda yoga and I just know that you have so much words of wisdom to share with the listeners of the show. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about your journey about how you got started on yoga and Ayurveda? Okay let's see I got started by um originally in 1972 I went to a yoga class because I had heard about it and but it was too much for me. It was too weird. I didn't and I, I and I didn't like it. And so it took a few more years. And uh, and then it was suggested because I was really um, wound up inside and and uh, and not not dealing in my relationships very well. And so I was, it was suggested that I start meditating. And and I did that. And I had a really wonderful teacher who uh, just. I, the meditation was so difficult for me. I was absolutely tortured by it. But the teacher was so wonderful. I would just go just to listen to him. And then and eventually then it, then it started to get a little bit easier. And I started to understand myself more and understand how the meditation was helping me. And then after that, a couple of years later, I started practicing asana. And then Ayurveda came just after that, too. So... Yeah, it was a it's a uh, it's a beautiful path, actually, in the sense that when we open ourselves up to something, then the teachers present themselves. Mm. And the meditation has stayed with you throughout your life since then. It has actually. Yes. Yeah. In those first few years, there were a couple of times it was a little bit, you know, where I, I got pretty short in that. But but um, not for a long time. <laughs> And Mayra, how often would you practice meditation? Oh, I, I practice meditation daily, primarily in the morning. I, I I practice in the morning, even if I'm on an airplane. Sometimes, you know, we we do a little. I do a little bit, but um, and then just very short in the evening before bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that it's a great tool for becoming more self-aware and living a happier life? Absolutely, it is. It really is because we need to get to know our inner world, and then we can make the choices that we want to make in life. Yeah. Do you um, journal at all, Myra? I do journal some. I do here and there, and it, it, that's something that was not that easy for me 
but very useful in probably the first 10 years of my practice. I journaled every day, many times a day sometimes. And uh, I use it as a way of uh, getting things out of me. You know, if something is moving around in my head too much, taking up too much space, then I put it out on the paper and I can look at it and get a little distance from it. Mm-hmm. Mayra, do you ever get like too distracted, like things you've got to do, you feel like you're too busy to spend the time meditating? And if so, <laughs> how do you deal with that? Because that's something I struggle with. <laughs> yeah, I've had that feeling many times in my life. Um, and, and, you know, there were times, there were years where it would interfere um, some. But I, I, I never let go of it fully. And that's that's what I think has really helped. So uh, even if I, it was just five minutes, then it was enough. And, you know, that was. And so how I dealt with those feelings is actually through prayer and to really recognize that that all those things that I think are so important that I have to do right now um Maybe it's the urgency in my mind and it's not really the situation that calls for it. And that sometimes when even when we think a situation is calling us and that we must go do it immediately, we find that that having a little bit of time, you know, just just letting there be just a little bit of a pause is a good thing. Yeah, because sometimes we make a different choice in how we do something or how we approach it. So um, you know, our, our world has gotten very speeded up and, uh, and this is not helpful to us because we can't really hear our inner voice when we're moving too quickly. Mm-hmm. Mayra, how do you think we should like spend less time in our heads and more time in our hearts? <laughs> <laughs> well, the key is to get them connected. And that's, that's one of the things that happens with meditation. And, and again, even if it's just two minutes a day, if you just start with something that, you know, we have the discipline, most of us will get up, we clean ourselves, we brush our teeth, we'll be, we're willing to have that. So we can have the other two. It's, yeah. um, you know, that, that the way we get connected to our heart is to really, uh, when we go at a moderate pace in life, then we, when we have those moments with somebody, we experience the the depth of our heart and it may be just you know could be could be with in the post office or something like that and if we and we we have to slow down enough to be able to do that and so that's where you know we're having some really basic simple tools really just sitting down and closing your eyes and watching your breath for a couple of minutes will help and that but but having a real foundation from which to live, you know, that's something that um, that helps us feel secure. So we that we understand that we're part of a much bigger picture and that if we let ourselves be a part of that, then we can feel more safe and secure in our decisions and learn from our mistakes. We all make them. <laughs> I've made plenty. <laughs> do you even still make mistakes today, Mayra? Oh, yes, I do sometimes. <laughs> sometimes my yeah, sometimes it, things get going a little fast in my mind, and and that the but the thing that's different is that is that it's easy for me now to if somebody says something to me, and I encourage people around me to do that. You know, if I if I seems like I'm off, just let me know or. 
or let's I can always look at another point of view. And if we're willing to do that, then then you know there really there's no failures. Or there's just you know different points of view, and then we find the best solution to things. Uh, so you know it's 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 okay, and it's that's really about letting go of the ego that gets built up around mm-hmm. you know thinking we have to be right. Yeah. Mayra, how do you um like how did you just decide right? I'm just gonna go down my own path and leave the corporate world like what made you take that leap oh. <laughs> you know uh, everybody around me thought I was crazy uh, I really wanted to have uh, my own business that was that was part of it and part of it was that um, I could see that what we were doing um, you know it has some some usefulness uh, but it really, it, it was just something that mm, asked me to contract too much. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes some people, uh, they, they can stay in the corporate world and it works really well for them. And that's the differences in our constitution uh, and, they, and, and, and their karma and what they came here to do in this life. But some of us, that's a little bit too restrictive for. Yeah. And I think it's really important you know, that we that we recognize that no matter what we do in life, that we have purpose. You know, people today are always saying, oh, I have to find my purpose and that. Well, our real purpose is to live life, you know, is to be in the joy of life. And, you know, if we can learn to do that in a difficult situation, and this is how I was taught in my early yoga days, you know, that I needed to learn how to, to really be satisfied in difficult situations and then when I did that it made them pass much faster and that really works mm-hmm. so that that being satisfied with it didn't mean that I was going to stay there forever it just meant that I accepted it for what it was and made the best of it so mm-hmm. and so that's something that yoga and Ayurveda have taught me is to really make the best of what we have yeah. and then and then that gives us the freedom to move on mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think it's important to follow that little voice in your heart that tells you what it wants? I do think it's important to do that. Absolutely. Uh, sometimes it, there, there's a process involved. Sometimes it's not overnight. But mm-hmm. yes, I really, it's very important to do that. And sometimes, you know, it might be that we end up doing a paid, you know, where we have a business of something. And then sometimes it might be that it's just it's more our. Uh, our hobby or something and that we put ourselves in a situation where we can engage in that more. And uh, so, and, and it, and again, it doesn't really matter as long as I have the attitude that I'm here to be of service in the world, to, to contribute in the world and be a part of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at the moment, Mayra, you took the leap from the corporate world and since the 1980s, was it, you are teaching yoga and Ayurveda. Wow. Mm-hmm. That must have taken a lot of resilience in the first few years. It, you know, getting the, that organic following and yeah, it is. You know, in the first years, it 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 was uh, it was difficult actually for me because I wasn't one to market myself in that. And back then, you didn't really have to do it be, that much because people didn't think about yoga that way. It wasn't commercialized. And so I just, I moved to, uh, first I taught in when I, where I lived in Northern California. 
And so there were people there that were interested. And so my friends would tell people and that then it got started that way and it went well. And then I moved to a small town in Arizona for a while before coming to Hawaii. And, uh, and there, nobody even knew what it was. But there were things that people that got people interested in it. You know, there were retired people there who played golf and tennis. And so I would talk about how it would help them play better. And they liked it. But then they came, <laughs> came to be wonderful students, students of life and that. So I had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, so it was more a matter of looking for a place where there was a need for it. Yeah. What I really like about your story, Myra, is that it was all very humble and organic and slow. And that's the way life should be. You know, like you're not going to get overnight success with your career. It is a slow process. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes when that does happen to people, it's, you know, they're not ready. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, then then there's we all have to go through the bumps and learn our lessons in all different kinds of ways. So, yeah. Mayor, how important is it to realize your self-worth? Um, I would say that it's probably one of the most important things that we do. You know, that you know that that we recognize that our worth doesn't come from the outside. It's just on the inside. That we all have value, and even the person who's really off track in life and might be doing harmful things to other people, they still have the good in them. It's still there. And uh, and so they just provide us with an opportunity to see that, ah, you know, that there's there's ways I want to do things in the world and there's ways I don't want to do it. And so I can find my best way. So that self-worth then comes from really just understanding the feeling of that connection to ourself, you know, that connection between the heart and our head or mind and that just just to have a sense of it. That's it, because we can any of us can get away from it any time. Been definitely practicing over a long period of time. You know, sometimes I I just I I look around and I think, how did 30 plus years go by? (laughs) How did that happen? Well, part of it was because I really wasn't paying attention to counting. I was actually just participating. Yeah. And, And so when people come here to Halepule, they they always say they lose track of time, and we do too. It feels like everything just go is is just whew, like this, yeah. And suddenly another week has gone by, but it's because every moment is rich. So when we come to know ourselves inside, when and there's not one place to get to, but just a little bit at a time, then every moment gets richer. Yeah, we can look around and appreciate whether there's snow outside or whether it's warm and sunny outside. Yeah. And, and, you know, we can look at our dog and appreciate that and how our, and how our dog looks at us or something like that. You know? So simple things. Yeah. So Mary, do you want to talk a little bit about Halepule? Okay. Yes. Um, Halepule is a place where we, we do what we call Vedic living. So, we bring the practices from the Vedas, from Ayurveda and yoga, into contemporary life. But we keep a very solid foundation in it. So we, we get up and everybody cleans themselves and meditates 
uh, pranayama and meditation. So we do breathing and meditation here. And then we practice asana. And we have three meals a day at regular times. It's all very simple. And we have a small farm here. And uh, students who come, they work on the farm some of the time. And then they might, they're working on their studies the other times. And uh, the rest of us get to live here. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> yeah. So we do consultations and we do trainings and that. Have you noticed many people like transform or significantly improve their mindset? Oh, absolutely. You know, some and some people, it's just uh, people tell us all the time this was such a life changing thing because a lot of people have grown up uh, in in environments that don't allow them to be quiet, for example. So we practice silence in the morning before breakfast, uh, before eight o'clock. And uh, and and it just gives everybody a little opportunity to see what's going on inside and to see how often we want to open our mouth and and just say blah 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 because we feel uncomfortable so that transformation happens because we learn how to uh how to let our energy flow how to let our prana flow in the body and if for example i have a feeling that i am uncomfortable with and i try to get away with it, get away from it so i go and i eat something when i don't really need to be eating or, uh, or, you know, do something else. I go sit on the computer and just do nothing. You know, those are things that we, we don't, we don't, we just discourage that, you know, we don't do that in terms of food, but we really discourage people from doing things that are mindless, but rather to find ways to just either engage your mind in a way that you want, or, you know, to actually just sit sit and then look at the trees and, and just observe the birds and things like that. Yeah. And so, so those are things that we encourage because it helps people to get to know themselves and they have tremendous transformation. People find that they mature emotionally, that they see more about how, how they've learned to deal with life and then they leave with some new tools Myra, is there any um, like Ayurvedic lifestyle tips that are used in Halepule that might not necessarily be used in the outside world? <laughs> There's probably a few of those, yeah. <laughs> Do you mind sharing uh, a few? Sure. Uh, let's see. One of them is that we have three meals a day and we don't snack. We don't eat in between meals. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of story behind that, that, and because, you know, really until the 19, late 1970s and early 1980s, most people in the world would eat. If they had the food, they would eat three meals a day and not snack. So, so that's a big one. Uh, another one is that we stop eating at the first burp. So <laughs> this is a way to learn how to clean up indigestion in your system and, and also to know how much to eat. And so then there's never a problem with overeating. Because it just it becomes natural and you know it and your body um, tells you exactly how much it can handle that day. And in general, you know, it's a very similar amount from day to day. But if I'm really upset about something and, and I really and I haven't calmed down before I sit down to eat, I'm not going to be able to eat as much. And, and I shouldn't because my body can't digest it. So so those are some big ones that a lot of people have um, you know, have some adjustment to. 
and silence in the morning, I think, is another one that uh, is that, you know, that anybody could do that. And it's a really, really nice thing so that when you do start talking in the day, that it, it's sort of a, a, a gentle thing that happens and people have an opportunity to just come into their body and be present, you know, after after sleeping all night. And. Um, yeah, and we get up early, too. <laughs> we, and you grow all your own food do you Mayra or try to grow some of it that you we grow eat? most we grow most of it not all of it though because oh. we don't grow the the grains we grow some legumes here but not all of them no we bring them in too yes so. but even like appreciating that process of probably how long it takes for food to grow yes yeah. yeah yeah and we you know we say uh we have a, a a prayer or a mantra of gratitude before we before we eat every meal and, you know, that's one of the things we do is that we we just think about and appreciate all of the hands that went into bringing the food to us. And you know, somebody somewhere uh, planted a seed. You know, it started that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It seems like Halle Pule is just a serene escape from the overstimulated world outside. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. You know, we we. It, it 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 evolved as as I could as I experienced the world sort of going in that direction of just getting more and more stimulated. It helped me actually to go in the other direction. And it's like okay, I think we need to just take it down even another notch so that we can really hear ourselves and uh, and get beyond the chatter of our mind. I love that. Um, Myra, is there any like failure earlier in your life that you think has helped set you up for later happiness? Mm, I, I try not to look at them as failures, uh, but I, yes, there were some time things, decisions that I made that, that, that really did help me learn and that I held myself, you know, sort of punished myself for, for a long time. You know, I, I had grown up playing the piano and then I was, had decided as a young teenager to go into, that I wanted to go into medicine. I didn't even know why. I just thought I wanted to help people. And then, and then as I went into college and that I went to work in a hospital and I could see that I didn't like the medical system. And I had some personal experience that said, there's, this is not right. There's something not right here. And then I went into, um, and that was when I went into business because I really just didn't know what else to do. And and when my brother was just getting a degree and he said, oh, you should get an MBA. <laughs> and I said, what's an MBA? <laughs> and so I did that and I, and it was, you know, it was a very helpful thing, but to me, it was a failure because I didn't, because I didn't know what to do next and that. And so I went into business and I knew all along that it wasn't something that I really wanted to do, but I was also tired of not making any money. And, and so I tried that. And that's what happened for me in business was that it became about making money about, you know, having more money and having more money. But what I did was I would go from one vacation to the next In other words, I finally realized that all I think about is planning my next vacation to get away from this. (laughs) And so, uh, although, you know, my interaction at work, you know, I could enjoy it some in the moment, 
but it was just, you know, I was constantly somewhere else in my mind and I wasn't present. And for any of us, if we're always out in the future or in the past, then we don't really enjoy the present. So of course it doesn't look like it's enough. And so, but it did take me 10 years in business to, to make that leap out of it and, uh, and, and realize that, oh, you know, I could make a nice living and it would be okay, you know, that um, if I just trusted my place in the universe and that's what changed, you know, and I stopped punishing myself for making those other decisions about my education and so forth. And it's turned out today, you know, that I utilize everything I've ever done somewhere. So you have no regrets with your current situation? You're, you're happy? No. You made the leap? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No regrets. Yeah. It really, I, I just, I, this is something yoga has taught me that everything is just an, a lesson and an opportunity, you know, for me to take another step in my life. I mean, you know, even... <laughs> Even when I was uh, when I was 18, I was working in a hospital and and I it was a small hospital and I, I was then got put in charge of the morgue and I had to learned how to do um, a great portion of autopsies. Now, at the time, it seemed like a good idea because I was still thinking I would go into medicine and then and the actual work of doing it was just um, it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, most of it I felt like it wasn't necessary and that kind of thing. But, you know, I, as I came into yoga and I knew so much about anatomy and physiology from having done that, from having done that job and what it stimulated me to learn. Mm-hmm. So and so that's been extremely helpful to me even now. So wow. now you're aligned with your dharma, but all the little things along the way have helped contribute to this path. Everything contributes. That's right. Yeah. So we don't need to regret the past. I think no, I really like that. Yeah. Mayra, yeah. if there's anything, what is one piece of advice you wish you could give your younger self? <laughs> uh, don't be such a know-it-all. <laughs> I knew everything. In other words, to be a better listener. Yeah. Mayra. So- how important is it for you to have a good group of people around you to help support you and to be able to ask for help whenever you need it? It's it's very important. And it's important not just because they will help you, but because you'll just have the knowing that they're there. Yeah. So it's not just, oh, did you show up for me? But it's more that I have a, re- a relationship and I have a sense of our relationship and I have a knowing that they're there which then gives me a lot of comfort yeah yeah because we're all on this earth to help support each other that's right that's yeah. right and you know we need to look at each other with, with with an open heart and an open mind yeah do you try and treat everyone equally Mayra like regardless of status and oh I definitely do I yeah. attempt to do that uh, and, you know, but sometimes I'm, I'm, I've had students say to me, well, no, you did this with that person and you don't do that with me. So when I'm teaching, though, uh, it, it, it might be different because I teach to the individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like yoga teachers. That's the way they operate, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's the way it should be, really. And that's what it is in Ayurveda, too. And that's the difference in Ayurveda and many other uh, approaches to health. And that is that we look at the individual and what is their what are their needs and then provide them with the best thing for that. So rather than trying to just force fit everybody into something, something yeah, do this because it's good for you. <laughs> and it applies to everyone. Like, it's so not true. <laughs> yeah. 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 And thank goodness we have our differences because it makes life interesting. Absolutely. Mayra, do you think it's important that we like schedule time out of our day to spend time with technology? Because obviously we need to use our phones and laptops for like work, etc. Yes, right, right. Um, I do think we need we definitely need to make sure we're taking breaks from them. Uh, mm-hmm. So, for example, to to not have your phone on your on your body or carrying it all the time. And this is something I noticed with myself recently. Is that oh, sometimes I'm carrying it when I don't really need to. And so, yes, we do. And you need to take at least an hour before bed away from the electronics and the sleep will be much better. Could you walk us through your nighttime routine, Mayra? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see. Uh, I, uh, besides cleaning, uh, besides cleaning my teeth in that, I also uh, use nasya. So I use a medicated oil or sometimes just ghee in the nose before bed. And uh, then then I, I sit and I have a couple of passages that I read actually. And actually I've been reading the same passages for many, many years. And I deliberately haven't memorized them because I read them line by line and, I, and, and just see how it feels to me today. And, and then I sit and then I sit in meditation for a few minutes and then I go to bed. Yeah. And then sometimes I play with my dogs a little bit before I sit down. Oh, that's so cute. And how important is it for you to get enough hours sleep? Ooh, this is very important. Really important. Uh, you know, it's considered one of the four pillars of health in Ayurveda. And so we, we need to have good quality and good quantity. And when we get imbalanced, you know, the sleep gets disturbed and there's many people not getting enough sleep these days. And uh, I see a lot of children who are not getting enough sleep and this is going to cause problems. So it's it's that important. Um, and so we need to make sure, you know, most people, if they're operating in the world in that, then they're going to need between seven and nine hours. Um, and, and I know there's a lot of people operating on six and five hours of sleep and it's not sustainable. You know, it leads us to disease. Uh, and, it, and also we're not at our best. You know, if, I, if we were all just sitting in caves meditating in that, we probably would only need to sleep one or two hours. But, but I can tell you, this is one of those areas where I've tested the road for you. So when I was in <laughs> graduate school, I went for two and a half years to graduate school, and I did not sleep more than three hours the entire time. Yeah. And so and it was and I paid a big price for that afterwards. Wow. So with my health. And and so I just I just want to say that just because you think you can do something doesn't mean that it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. You know, the vata dosha or one aspect of my constitution had gotten out of balance and 
my mind started telling me that this was a good thing, that it was just great that I could just only needed to sleep that much. But I was actually running on adrenaline. And, and so eventually that wears out. We wear out something called our ojas or our vitality. And that also includes our immunity. And so when that breaks down, then we get sick. Oh. Myra, you're just talking about your doshas there. So there's three main types of doshas, isn't there? Vata, <laughs> pitta, and what's the third Kapha. one? Kapha. Kapha. Which one are you? Are, are you a mix of a few? I'm a mix of vata. Well, we all have all three. All of oh. us have all three. And uh, I, but I have primarily vata and pitta. Yeah. So, so that vata, is? Air and ether is the light part. And pitta is the fire. Mm. And can they fluctuate as you change, as you age? Do they can they change the or well, do they stay with you? The constitution, what you're is what you're what happens at your conception, actually. Okay. Ah. And, and that stays the same. But your state of balance or imbalance, um, there are doshic times of life, meaning when we're children, we're growing. And so that's the kapha time of life, so that um, the earth element is kapha, earth and water. And so we're creating tissue, we're growing the body. And then when we're sort of 20 to 50, then that's the pitta time of life, when you're having babies and career and, and, and lots of productivity in life. And then the later stages are the vata time of life, where things are, maybe they're winding down a little bit. Yeah. So, so yes, and, and uh, but but any of us can go out of balance in any way, at any time. <laughs> and um, Myra, what helps bring you into balance again if you feel like you're a little bit off? Would be meditation. Uh, meditation is all is always helpful, and uh, making sure that I'm having you know having my three meals and that uh, that I'm, I'm dealing with my life on, on an ongoing basis. In other words, that I'm not ignoring something that I need to give some attention to. Yeah. But there's a principle in Ayurveda though, too, that, that the opposite brings balance to things. So if I feel really cold, then I would have, I'd have some warming food in that. Or if I felt really, really hot, then I should eat some cooling food. So that's just an example. So it's really about tuning in and just listening to your body. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What book do you most gift to other people? Um, well, it always depends on the person, of course. But I would say uh, any, any, any of the books by Eknath Eshwaran. Oh, I've heard his, his name, his last name is spelled E-A-S-W-A-R-A-N. And he was a meditation teacher in the 20th century. And he, he has taken many of the texts from not only from yoga, but from many religions and put them into very simple English terms that are easy for us to understand. And he also did quite a bit to show how at the root they're all the same. Wow. And so any of his books I, I would recommend. Um, yeah. Isn't it amazing how the principles have never changed throughout time, like the main values that you should live by? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, in yoga, we talk about that um, 
that the practice of yoga and what's called Ishvara Pranidhana is a remembrance. It's that we remember who we truly are and then we learn to live from there. So nice. Mayra, if you could have one message on a billboard for the world to see, what would it be? Do less and be more. That is so (laughs) true. And that's exactly what you do in Halipule. Yeah. Yeah, we get we get pretty busy sometimes, but we keep a real we keep a, actually a really moderate pace. Yeah, so it never gets you know real intense, and and we've always got plenty to do. So, but we just try to enjoy each step of the way. I think that's so true, Mayor. It's so important because we're constantly planning what we're going to do next. Like it's so hard to just be in the moment. Mhm, mhm. Mm-hmm. Me and I think a lot of people do struggle with. And that's where meditation will help. You know, doing a breathing practice and meditation will teach you to be able to come right back into the moment. Myra, thank you so much for speaking with me today. I really appreciate it. If yoga or Ayurveda is something you feel called to learn more about in 2019, be sure to check out the Halle Pule website that Myra owns. She offers real life trainings in Hawaii and online courses. I will leave all the details in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave it a rating and review in iTunes or share it with a friend and family member you think might benefit from it. Thanks so much. Have a great week.